that is incredible it's like put away your pokeball let's wrestle like oh my let me God. just let me just wrestle a pokemon that can literally destroy a dumb truck in one punch no big deal i love it this is so cool you're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Let's find out what's so special about this special weekend. I have one thing to say about the second Luminous Legends event. Why? Things aren't always black and white. Unless you're a Pancham, I suppose. This week's Pokepole is your chance to let your opinion shine. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 144. It's May 11th. We're back on that old Tuesday evening grind. I'm your host, Chris. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How's it going? It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Okay. It's all right. I, I like that. That's a good, that's a good response. It's better than it's going. Okay, Squidward, way to up your game. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get started here, uh, shout out to a brand new patron this week. Greg, thank you so much for your patronage and your support. We appreciate it and looking forward to getting to know you better in the discord. If that is your wish. All right, Kyle, it's been not a week. <laughs> it's, only no, it been a hand, it's only been a handful of days. Um, but within those handful of days, it was the weekend. So I've got to ask, anything exciting happen? Any cool catches? Anything you want to shout out or something like that? Uh, not really. The most exciting thing was the, the Merrill research. True. And, and that's about it. And how it rained shinies for me, apparently. Uh-huh. How many did you get? Uh, I got four, and I only did, like, probably less than half of the research. Wow. Wow. I did the whole thing, and I only got two. Yeah. I saw a lot of people talking about only getting one or none in the whole thing, and I'm just like, the first one I did was shiny. The sixth one I did was shiny. Like, the twelfth one I did was shiny. I'm like, this is actually ridiculous. Wow. That's awesome. Good for you. Any other notable catches or just the ones that were largely manufactured for you to get? Yeah, no, nothing, nothing else special, especially it's only been, you know, four days. So, OK. All right. I am proud to announce several, several important catches this week. Are you ready? Shinies first. A shiny Iggly buff that I hatched out of a seven kilometer egg. Ooh. Not an hour ago. Really? Nice. This is a r- rather new addition. I also finished my masterwork research. I'm the proud owner of a shiny Mew. It is not 10, 10, 10. It's 15, 13, 11, <laughs> which, you know, hey, has its own has its own set of, uh, of of problems, I suppose. I have a brand new hundo. I got a 100% Clefairy this week. That was kind of nice. And uh, I made two new additions to my 420 tag. Very <laughs> excited this week. They're almost like back to back. How does that even happen? It's great. But that brings us to our goals. We did set some goals for ourselves for this shortened period of time. So I'm interested to hear, Kyle, did you finish the mail research or at least do some of it? I think you already answered this question. Yeah, yes. I, did, I did about half of it. Approximately. Okay. You said you just wanted to do some of it. You didn't say you wanted to finish it. Yeah, so I knew I wasn't going to finish it because I didn't want to sit there, stare at my phone for an hour before work. Yeah. Uh, what about 200,000 experience? 
I did not do that. Oh, I got 150. So it's close. It's pretty close. 15 GBL matches. Yes, I did that. Nice work. How'd they go? Zero and 15. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first off, it changed to Master League, but uh, there was also Retro Cup. But we don't talk about the fact that I just needed to do the go- the matches, not win them. All right, then. Keep your secrets. It's the, I am rank 11. That's all that matters. Okay. All right. Good for you. <laughs> Two out of three. Nice. For myself, I wanted to get 500,000 experience. I only did about 300,000, so that's on me. Limited research. I did the whole thing, so absolutely. And 5.5 million Stardust. I'm proud to say I'm at a pretty much exactly 5.5 million Stardust. So two out of three for me as well. We tied this week. Woo! I need to up my XP game. Otherwise, I'm never going to get to that 18 million point for sure. All right. That means that it's time for us to pop over into the news. Yo, what up? It's the news. we got two pieces of news this week. Uh, the first one is a little bit smaller than the second one, which is gargantuan. Kind of on a technicality, though. <laughs> the first one is special weekend in May with Verizon and other partners. We've seen events like this before. They partner with uh, cell carriers and other other people and other partners in general in order to do some sort of fun event. But this is like a, a whole like group of partners at once instead of having their own special weekends. They're just kind of like all at once. So anyway, here's what it says. Trainers in May will be hosting a Pokemon Go special weekend event in collaboration with different partners around the world. Verizon in the U.S., 7-Eleven in Mexico in Mexico, and Yoshinoya in Japan. Trainers with an event ticket will be able to enjoy timed research, featured Pokemon attracted to incense, and more. What is Pokemon Go special weekend? Thanks for asking for me, blog post. I appreciate that. Special Weekend is an in-game event that you can access using an event ticket acquired from a participating Pokemon Go partner, either physically or digitally. The ticket has a code that you can redeem on our Offer Redemption website, and that's hyperlinked. We'll have a link to this news article in our show notes, so you can follow it and check it out there. After you redeem the ticket code, you'll be able to participate in the Special Weekend anywhere during the event period. So, when is said event period? Saturday, May 29th at 12 a.m. to Sunday, May 30th at 1159 p.m. So the entire day down to the minute ticketed features. So if you have a ticket, these are the features that you can expect. The following features will be available on Saturday, May 29th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time. So during normal community day times, Clefairy, Jigglypuff, Eevee, Meryl, Sableye, Stunky, Spritzy, and Swirlix will be attracted to incense. If you're lucky, you might find a shiny Eevee. Not sure why shiny Eevee is shouted out in this copy. Uh, but yeah, there you go. They could have just as easily done Clefairy or Jigglypuff or even Meryl. Um, but I guess Eevee is hype. So there you go. Different unknown will be attracted to incense depending on the participating partner in your region. Shiny unknown will not be appearing during the event. So just a heads up there. If you are in the U S and therefore with Verizon in this case, unknown V will be spawning 7-Eleven Mexico in Mexico. That will be unknown S and Yoshinoya in Japan, that'll be unknown why. Woohoo! There you go. The following features will be available on Saturday, May 29th at 12 a.m. to Sunday, May 30th at 11.59 p.m. local time. So these are the bonuses for ticketed players that'll be active the entire day, not just 11 to 5. Event-exclusive timed research will reward encounters with Eevee, Spritzy, Swirlix, and Dino. There you go. Some Dino chances. 
Event exclusive timed research will be available and reward XP, Stardust, an incense, a star piece, a lucky egg, spritzy candy, and Swirlix candy if you <laughs> haven't gotten your fill this past two weeks. <laughs> You'll have an increased chance of receiving lucky Pokemon when you trade with a friend. You'll also have an increased chance of becoming lucky friends when interacting with a friend during the weekend. You'll earn double the XP for catching Pokemon. You'll receive an exclusive medal when you redeem a ticket code on the Offer Redemption website. Oh man, but I don't have Verizon. What's going on that weekend for me? Well, features available for all trainers, ticketed or otherwise. The following bonuses will be available for all trainers around the world, even those without an event ticket. From Friday, May 28th at 10 a.m. to Monday, May 31st at 10 a.m. PDT, the number of gifts you can open daily will double and trade range will be increased to 40 kilometers. So there you go. Even if you're not doing the event itself, you can still, you know, get those longer distance trades in and open a bunch of gifts. Trainers can claim their ticket via the participating partners websites. Links can be found in the blog post again in our show notes if you are so inclined. Uh, these are the sorts of events that I personally have a little bit of a problem with because I was really proud of the fact that I had every single medal for every single event that happened. And because of these exclusive ones that had broken my pattern. But I've gotten over that now. And so now I'm just going to be excited for all of our friends who have Verizon in, in the U.S. and the other partners in the other parts of the world. Enjoy your special weekend. It'll be it'll be fun. I think they do a, a rather good job of making this rather devoid of FOMO. There's nothing really super exclusive in here. It's just a couple of really great spawns for the usual event period on an otherwise empty weekend. It's a little bit weird to see Spritzy and Swirlix featured when it's already been featured so heavily for this event i mean they are in an otherwise uninspired spawn pool and they are new so it makes sense to me i mean i I, it makes sense for the current event that's going on but i don't know the unknown is the most interesting thing yeah and that's that's about it really i understand why they shouted out shiny eevee yeah, and we'll we'll get to that in the second news yeah. item here. I just I just put two and two together, and I got five. But, sure did more for my money. <laughs> but even if I do take part, I don't really care for incense based events like this that much. So I would be doing the the timed research stuff that's there and probably getting out. Very true. Very true. Uh, so anyway, good luck to all y'all. If you want more information about that, you can go to PokemonGoLive.com or you can follow the link in our show notes to the specific blog post. We just basically link to their website. So if you want to beat us to the punch, you can just go directly there, I suppose. Next event here and the answer to why they were shouting out Shiny Eevee. Wow. Is Illuminous Legends. Why? Trainers, following Xerneas' recent arrival in Pokemon Go, the legendary Pokemon Evitel will soon be making its Pokemon Go debut in the Luminous Legends Y event. Dark-type Pokemon will also be appearing more often in the wild, and Pancham will be hatching from strange eggs. It seems, however, that Team Go Rocket has gotten wind of Evitel's arrival, and naturally, they're up to no good. They appear to be planning on turning more Pokemon into Shadow Pokemon during the first week of the Luminous Legends Y event. So we'll need your help to save those shadow Pokemon. 
We're also receiving reports that some Team Go Rocket grunts will be changing up their battle strategies. You might encounter some that specialize in different Pokemon types than in the past. And multiple Team Go Rocket grunts may even challenge you at once. What? What? That's cool. Way to bury the lead, Niantic. That's neat. That'll probably be very similar to how Jesse and James works, I would assume. Yeah. During the second week of Luminous Legends Y, the focus will shift to fairy-type Pokemon and Eevee. Here we go. Why exactly? Because Sylveon will be making its Pokemon Go debut. The intertwining Pokemon is an evolution of Eevee first discovered in the Kalos region. There's a Galarian fairy tale that describes a beautiful Sylveon vanquishing a dreadful dragon Pokemon, making Sylveon the perfect Pokemon to appear at the end of this dark-themed event. Look forward to this fairy-type vanquisher of darkness, dread, and dragons during part two of Luminous Legends Y. Kind of get the feeling that somebody on the Niantic team is absolutely a Sylveon hype man. <laughs> I love this. I mean, people like Sylveon. It's it's popular. It's a beautiful Pokemon. It's well-designed. But <laughs> the vanquishing a dreadful dragon pokemon vanquisher of darkness dread and dragons i love it absolutely love it well written it's, uh, it's laying it on a little bit thick <laughs> maybe but sylveon's worth it well we'll get to that in a second though yeah so uh part one there's two sections this part one and a part two and they're separated by weeks so part one when is it happening tuesday may 18th at 10 a.m to monday may 24th at 8 p.m local time Features for part one include Evatel will be making its Pokemon Go debut in five-star rates. This dark and flying legendary Pokemon was first discovered in the Kalos region, and when its wings and tail feathers spread wide and glow red, it absorbs the life force of living creatures. Spooky. Evatel will remain in five-star rates for the duration of the event. Panchan will be hatching from strange eggs. We're receiving reports that the following Pokemon will also be hatching from strange eggs rescued from Team Go Rocket during the event and afterwards as well. So we're getting a strange egg shakeup. Quillfish, Larvitar, Absol, Skaroopy, Sandile, Scraggy, Pawnyard, Vullaby, Vullaby, and Dino, in addition to Panchan, who is currently in raids. So if you don't want to hatch eggs for it, get those one-star raids done. Dark-type Pokemon will be appearing more frequently in the wild. Keep a lookout for Pokemon like Houndour, Carvana, and more. So if you're still working on that stuff for your masterwork, now's a great time. Missed out on some of the Pokemon that appeared during Luminous Legends X? Well, you're in luck because many of them are returning. You can look out for Pokemon like Spritzy, Swirlix, and Gumi appearing in the wild. One of those I care about. It's the last one, Gumi. Complete Team Go Rocket themed timed research before the event concludes to encounter dark type Pokemon like Galarian Zigzagoon. The following Pokemon will be hatching from 7 kilometer eggs. Alolan Rattata, Alolan Meowth, Alolan Grimer, Sneasel, Poochiena, Stunky, and Purloin. What a weird mixture of Pokemon in 7Ks. I'm going to miss this, this pool from this event. It's been pretty good. Dark-type Pokemon like Alolan Meowth, Evatel, and more will be appearing in raids. For Pokemon appearing in Mega Raids, please check the May Events blog, and that's linked. We'll have that link again in our show notes as always. Event exclusive field research tasks will lead to encounters with dark type Pokemon, including Galarian, Zigzagoon, Scraggy, and more. Event exclusive AR mapping tasks will lead to encounters with Galarian, Zigzagoon. And you can use a charge DM to help a shadow Pokemon forget the charged attack frustration. It's for a long period of time. That's really nice. In addition, 
you can work with other trainers to defeat Team Go Rocket Grunts. And by doing so, you can unlock rewards during the second half of the event. This is similar to the, you know, catch a bajillion fairy type Pokemon uh, challenge we just recently had for the Mm -hmm. Y or for the X event, rather. From Saturday, May 15th at 12 a.m. to Sunday, May 23rd, 1159 p.m., you can work together with other trainers worldwide to defeat 25 million Team Go Rocket grunts in total. If that goal is met, the following special bonuses will be available from Tuesday, May 25th at 10 a.m. to Monday, May 31st at 8 p.m. local time. And those bonuses are a three times catch XP bonus will be available for the rest of the event. If you're lucky, you might find a shiny Galarian Zigzagoon. Shiny Galarian Zigzagoon will continue to appear after the event. Galarian Zigzagoon will be appearing in one star raids for the rest of the event. And regardless of whether those rewards are unlocked, trainers around the world can look forward to the following during the second week of Luminous Legends. Why? This There's so much. There is there is so much. There is so much. <laughs> Thankfully, there's less for part two. Part two, when is that part happening? It's Tuesday, May 25th at 10 a.m. to Monday, May 31st at 8 p.m. local time. Part two features include Sylveon will be making its Pokemon Go debut. Evolve Eevee into Sylveon by earning hearts when it's your buddy. Eevee, Ralts, Spritzies, Swirlix, and others will be appearing more often in the wild alongside some of the Dark-type Pokemon featured in part one of the event. The following Pokemon will be hatching from 7-kilometer eggs. Eevee, Cleffa, Igglybuff, Togepi, Azrael, Spritzy, and Swirlix. So we're going back. Okay, all right. I see you. Some of Eevee's evolutions will be appearing in three-star raids. Keep an eye out for Vaporeon, Jolteon, Flareon, Espeon, and Umbreon. It's actually quicker to say what isn't included. That's Glaceon and Leafeon. But instead, you said all six instead. Yeah, but that's what the copy said. You know, I just... (laughs) It's like that scene from Anchorman where I just read whatever is on the teleprompter. Yeah. (laughs) Event-exclusive field research tasks will lead to encounters with Eevee, some of Eevee's evolutions, and more. Event-exclusive AR mapping tasks will reward Poffins. Add them to the pile. Add them to the pile. Sylveon-inspired avatar items will be available in the shop. Awesome. All right, Kyle, we covered a lot of ground here. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So my question for you is, how do you feel about Luminous Legends? Why? In its entirety. And then after you've answered that, I'd like for you to maybe pick out one thing that you're excited about and one thing that you just don't like. If you can limit it to one thing. I know it's difficult (laughs) for you. It's a personal (laughs) challenge. Ouch. <laughs> look, you it's look at something and what's the opposite of finding the silver lining? What's the is that just the the rest of the cloud? <laughs> Maybe it's the rest of the cloud. Someone someone let us know if you got something clever to say about that. Yeah. But this might sound silly, but one thing I do like is dark types. I need dark types still. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. So that's cool. Other than that, there's there's too much for me. Like the event is cool and it's it's cool that Eva Tell is gonna be out and stuff like that. Too many things going on at one time for the average player, I will say. I yeah, I think so, but, but I felt the same way about X when it was laid out, and in practice it really wasn't all that much because it was over two weeks. Yeah, but I think Y has more and it also is uh doing the shakeup partway through with 
the Eevee stuff. So I'm not so sure if Y has more or less. I think it just has the added new evolution, and that's pretty much it. Other than that, it's I mean, they're ra- changing rather- the eggs twice, so that's more by <laughs> itself. <laughs> that is true, but it's to the seven kilometer egg pool. They're changing researches, so yeah, that's going to be stuff that people are going to want to go for. There's, uh, there's TMing away frustration, so that's another thing. That's, that's just big. content that's not in X which means people have to worry about that. Of course, if you've been saving up, you're fine. But there's also going to be a mad dash to do more rocket grunts because it's a feature of the event too. And I think it said they were going to be shifting the rocket team layouts. If I understood the wording. That is correct. That probably means you're going to lose stuff like Shadow Machop. Shadow Machop because they don't want you to be able to farm Shadow Machop when TMing Frustration is there. (laughs) <laughs> they want you to do it beforehand. Very true. I guess we'll have to see what they change to. Um, but I'm I'm interested in seeing new Shadow Pokemon available. Yeah, for, I've just seen sure. this, the same ones for so long now. I'm, I'm good. Oh, God. Please change the leaders, too. My Lord. No, the, le- I the mean, leaders have been the same for five months. Yeah. Yeah. It's too long. It's just <laughs> and Cliff is still out of control sometimes. He's still out of control. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so funny. People that are like not 40 are like, how do I do this? They're like, I don't know. I'm it's sorry. Just, just throw it at the wall, see what sticks. <laughs> no one can really tell you what to do. It's all the same advice. It's all the same advice. Don't feel bad if Cliff beats you. Yes. <laughs> and you have to do like a scouting mission first. Like, I don't know which ones he has this time. Yeah, and like, so oh man, like, when you're not expecting the Gallade and then the Gallade comes out and it just rips through the rest of your team, you're like, oh my God. You're like, but what's behind the Gallade? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I have to do this twice and then actually build a team. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rough. But on the topic of the event, though, I think it's cool. And Galarian Zigzagoon is a cool Pokemon and it's a great shiny. It's a sweet shiny. It's a great shiny. I know there's going to be people out there who say, get that clown out of my face. And I'm like, no, give give it to me. No yeah, <laughs> I will take all of your clown dogs. Yes. And I don't care for Sylveon at all. So I have I have no feelings at all about Sylveon. Okay, that it's in the game finally. But you can understand that there are lots of people that are very excited about. Sylveon. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. I, but I, I I have neutral feelings for Sylveon because I have negative feelings for the wasted potential of Eevee over the last two generations. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, Sylveon seemed like a weird one to add just by itself without adding another one. It just. Know? A steel type would have made so much sense for Sword and Shield. It's just mm-hmm. so much sense. And yep. I, I don't know, but they could have fit a new type for for Alolan. And it just, they, they don't want to. They, they want to keep Eevee restricted for whatever reason. Uh, I think they just wouldn't be able to pivot and add more in the future. Maybe. Hopefully. Potentially. Please. I think there's a balance. <laughs> I think there's a balance issue. They don't want to add a steel type EV because it's makes it too accessible to beginner players. If they get an EV early and they can evolve it to a steel or like a dragon type that is supposed to be restricted. Yeah. But I feel like what you do is then you just introduce it with an item that doesn't get unlocked until like late game or post game, like, like in the main series games that they normally do. True. This is definitely true. Yeah. 
Uh, they've done that a lot before, but anyway, we're not here to talk about main series games. Sorry, everybody. Let's get back to our mobile game Pokemon that we love very much. Uh, and that's actually the end of the news section. Uh, Luminous Legends Y is going to be a lot. Um, so if you need to review those details yet again for like the 10th time this episode, I would encourage you to please go review the links in the show notes and go take a look. And if it helps, just look at week one first. And don't even worry about week two. Um, and then go and look at week two when it gets to be May 25th and see what's going on. So I think it'll be manageable. I think on paper, it just looks like a monumental amount of content. Um, but I'm very excited for several of these things. Sylveon and Shining Glare and Zigzagoon included. But I'll stop talking. It's time to pass it over to Kyle for Gear Up. So this week on Gear Up, you probably thought we were done talking about Sylveon. And you'd be right for the next maybe three <laughs> minutes. Because first we're going to talk about Pangoro. And then we're going to talk about Pangora later. So it's a good, don't worry, it's, it's going to have a, a very confusing flow. But pa- anyways, Pangoro is a dark fighting type. He's, he's, he's a panda. And, and that's about it. Yep. Pancham is much cuter. Anyways, in terms of usage in PvE, it's really, really bad. Don't, don't even consider it. Like, <laughs> it's so bad when you consider all of the other fighting types that are out there. And then its moveset, which we will go over later, is abysmal. But it's a dark type. What about being a dark type attack? No. Just No. Its dark type is better than its fighting type, and that is not saying very much. But there's a lot of options for PvE. What about PvP? There actually is some potential for Pangoro in PvP. It has one very obvious counterpart, and that's Scrafty. Because they fill very similar niches. And it also has a very similar record. I think it goes 24 wins, 26 losses against the meta for great league which is not bad i think scrafty goes like 29 and 21 whatever that amounts to for the remainder yeah Yeah. so scrafty better but pangaro is an option and you can use pangoro in ultra league if you really want to I know that Scrafty can be used in Ultra League as well, but I think it has to be like level 49 and a half. Yeah, it's got to be up there. It's a it's investment. It's an investment and that's, for that sure. Doesn't, it just does not seem worth it. But one note about using Pangaro is God help you if you run into a charmer. You can take like <laughs> two charms and then you die. Yep. Willing Tough looks at you twice. Dead. Yeah. But speaking of charmers, we're going to talk about Sylveon. It's mono fairy type, just like all the other evolutions. Now, all this discussion is assuming the move set that we currently have data mined. As we know, things can change, although there's not a whole lot of things its move set could change to. There are some options. Give it a dragon set, dragon claw and outrage. <laughs> <laughs> it can lose even harder to the other fairies. But in PvP has charm. Then charge moves, it has Moonblast, Draining Kiss. It also has Dazzling Gleam. And if you choose to use an Elite TM, it can have Last Resort. Gonna assume at least. But it doesn't really matter. It does 
okay as a as a fairy type in so far as fairies are relevant it competes with granbull and that's Ugh. that's about what there is to say as chris rolls his eyes disgusted granbull is literally the third best fairy type when you don't count like shadows and stuff yeah but it's would sylveon knock it out would it eke out it, the third it would it would okay. by not very much <laughs> okay well as long as it moves granbull down it's it's a good day gardevoir and togekiss still beat it sure sure because you know just stats wow honestly. dual typing and move sets who would have guessed how important that was <laughs> but you don't need a fairy type for the most part there's better options to counter stuff at least in raids but in pvp charmer is a category unto itself mm-hmm. and sylveon is in that category we literally just got two other charmers i would like to add Aromatis and Slurpuff were both charmers, and they're both almost the same as Sylveon in this regard. <laughs> Literally. Negative TDO. <laughs> Sylveon has basically the same records as other charmers, with the exception of Wigglytuff, because Wigglytuff is just really good. And, of course, it draws to all the other charmers, as you would expect, because they all have very similar charge moves. And, as mentioned earlier, last resort, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't change any... It might change some matchups, but it does not change any win rates. Its overall win rate stays the same. Don't use your elite TM, unless something crazy is found. But I highly doubt it. Two very, very uninspiring Pokemon (laughs) to be coming out. At about the at more or less the same time. Oh, Pangoro, I feel like is just held back by bad moves. Mm, I mean, he's definitely held back by bad moves, but I don't think he would be particularly good with good moves either. True, true. But hearing that Sylveon is like middling at best is a little, a little upsetting. Uh, but I I'm mean, not it's surprised. It's, its biggest problem is that it has no coverage of anything. It's got fairy moves and fairy moves and it's a fairy monotype so like it doesn't even gain an extra resistance or no. anything else yeah so i understand poor sylveon poor one out for sylveon um but anyway thank you kyle i appreciate it but hopefully we can you know redeem pangoro in some people's eyes by featuring pangoro and its pre-evolution pancham in Pokalore this week, and that's what we're going to do. Pancham, the playful Pokemon, and Pangoro, the daunting Pokemon. Pancham first. Pancham is a bipedal mammalian Pokemon that resembles a young panda. Its head and short, puffy tail are white. It has a triangular black nose, rounded black ears, black circles around its eyes. Not because it's tired, but because that's just the way its fur is colorized. Uh, and tufts of fur on top of its head and on each cheek. Its upper body and hind legs are black, while the lower body is a dark gray. Where the two colors meet, the dark gray forms a three-pointed pattern on its chest. There are three digits on each paw and small, brown, dark, circular pads on the soles of its black hind paws. Pancham carries a small green leaf in its mouth. There is no actual purpose behind this leaf, <laughs> aside from an attempt to look cool. Nice way to That's spell an it actual out. Actual entry right there. Chris did not make that up. 
It's amazing. Love it. Pan Cham looks up to Pangoro as a leader and tries to emulate its behavior in an effort to learn how to battle and hunt for its prey. If Pan Cham makes a big mistake, Pangoro will take away its leaf. <laughs> it tries to make itself look serious to its foes, but its glare is not intimidating enough. And if it is distracted, it ends up grinning. <laughs> Despite its attempts to look frightening, it cannot help grinning if patted on the head. Oh my Pan Cham and its evolved form Pangoro are the only Pokemon capable of learning arm thrust in Pokemon Sword and Shield. In the past, Parting Shot held this status. Interesting. But what about Pangoro? Tall Pancham. Pangoro is a large bipedal Pokemon resembling a humanoid panda bear, as opposed to a non-humanoid panda bear, which I suppose would just be a panda bear. It has a stocky build with a round belly, short legs, and long arms with large paws. Its head and belly are covered in thick white fur, while its lower body, chest, arms, and back are covered in equally thick dark gray fur. A long cape of this dark gray fur hangs down behind its back in combination with the rest of the dark furred pattern. This gives the impression that Pangoro is wearing a long coat and trousers. Pangoro's three-fingered paws have shorter, darker fur and are tipped with black claws. It has a blunt snout with a triangular black nose, rounded black ears, prominent fangs in its lower jaw, and black semicircles under its brow that makes its eyes look indistinguishable. Pangoro likes to carry a thin-stemmed shoot with two leaves in its mouth. This small bamboo shoot is used to sense the movements of those around it. Oh, see, there you go. That one made sense. Despite its cantankerous demeanor, Pangoro is kind to those it considers to be its friends and does not tolerate those who pick on the weak. With arms powerful enough to snap a telephone pole, it charges into battle like a berserker, heedless of any damage it might suffer. Pangoro can destroy a dump truck in one punch and utilizes this strength when pummeling its opponents. They're not random strikes either, Kyle. Each one's at 100% of its full power. It's, you see that dump truck? I'm going to go plus ultra on that dump truck. It's the it's the perfect Pokemon line. We talked about this last week, and here's yes. another one. Yep. It is the quintessential written by a five-year-old description of of pokemon's power and it's great and it's what yeah it's wonderful <laughs> destroy a dump truck in one punch awesome many trainers find themselves smitten with its lively nature however those who wish to train a pangora for themselves will have to fight one <laughs> wait wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that's incredible that is incredible it's like Put away your Pokeball. Let's wrestle. Like, oh my god! Let me just wrestle a Pokemon that can literally destroy a dump truck in one punch. No big deal. I love it. This is so cool. It loves to engage in duels with Obstagoon. Pangoro in its pre-evolved form, Pancham, are the only known Pokemon capable of learning Arm Thrust and Pokemon Sword and Shield. In the past, Parting Shot held the status. I like how they just kind of like say, hey, it fights with Obstagoon and leaves it. I kind of wanted more from that. But I understand. I understand. Stats, max CP at level 40, 2902, and at level 50, 3281. We did it, Reddit. We broke 3K, but barely. 216 stamina, 146 defense, and 226 attack. Uh, I mean, not, stamina not and attack are all right, but defense is low. Overall, not too impressive. You, you, you heard that the, the uh, combat power number is very low. Best move set, air quotes around best. It's hard to say, but you can run stab fighting or stab dark. Same type attack bonus. 
with low kick, close combat, or snarl and night slash. There are Oof. some other moves available, like iron head and stuff. I think I know um, bullet punch as well. Yeah, bullet punch is in there as well. But, you know, we usually suggest the stab moves because you get so much more value out of it. But low kick and close combat. Bad. Bad. Bad for PvE. And Night Slash is good, but only in PvP when it gives you the chance of the attack boost. Yeah. That said, if you're going to use it in PvP, Snarl, Night Slash, and close combat, it's going to be what you want. And you're really going to want both moves because close combat is really good for finishing off an opponent yeah whereas night slash is is the spammy move that you probably won't be able to do that with bait shields and get some status improvements for sure but there you go that's pan cham and pan goro uh and i swear i think we're done talking about these pokemon now <laughs> so, maybe great maybe all right I'll, I'll i'll rely on that maybe but let's move along here to the pokepole Last week's Pokepole was, what do you think gives any particular Pokemon value in Pokemon Go? First response from Kelvin said, Hi guys, my answer for this week's Pokepole about what makes Pokemon valuable to me is when and where I was when I caught it. So me and my girlfriend drove around the coast of Scotland last year and got the one shiny of the holiday. Not only was it an ex-community day Pokemon, it also has terrible IVs. (laughs) nonetheless it was our first holiday together so i had to keep him he's called scott because of scotland and he's now the most average torterra you've ever seen but he holds great memories especially the look of disappointment i gave my girlfriend as it appeared shiny we were walking up a track that looked like it could have been part of death stranding if anyone's played that game to a lighthouse when i got him and we will never forget so here's a picture of the lighthouse scott himself and a sign we saw on the way up there which is possibly my favorite, yet least favorite sign I've ever seen. <laughs> love it. Love it. And the pictures posted with this in Discord were, were very nice. <laughs> Next one's from Venusy. Yeah, it's a combination of things. Sometimes it's just the first one of a species I've caught or the first one I evolved. Sometimes it's the IVs. And I've started keeping the ones that lead to level ups as well. But my favorite ones are the ones that have a story or sense of place with them. Like Shiny Groudon, I got at a convention with this lovely sign. The lucky Shiny Trico now evolved from trading with a friend on February 2020 trip to Germany while at dinner after watching Sonic the Hedgehog, not realizing that it'd be the very last trip we'd take or film we'd see in the cinema for some time. I'd like to take a quick aside and, and share a little bit about myself really quick. I'm a really big Sonic the Hedgehog fan, and I thought that movie was exceptional. And I'm so excited for the second one. All right. Anyway, Venusy, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. It's really great. I <laughs> I wish I paid attention to where I caught Pokemon and stuff like that, but I don't. I just like, oh, I caught this. That's great. Add it to the collection. I like never pay attention to what's going on around me. <laughs> I have I, there's a handful of Pokemon that when I look at, I could tell you. If I like see it in my timeline of where I caught it in relation to other things, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I was doing that. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, that hatched and I was really disappointed or something like that. <laughs> Usually the latter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hatched a, I don't know, a shiny Alolan muck Grimer not that long ago when it was still in eggs. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Neat. Thanks. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> Appreciate it. It's my third one. <laughs> 
Next answer is from Barry Cherry, and they said, what makes Pokemon valuable to me is how hard it is to get. For instance, Noibat or Froakie. For both of them, I literally yelled, I'm taking my lunch, and ran out of work to catch them. <laughs> For me, it's the thrill of the hunt. Knowing that I have something that was hard to get makes me feel like I've accomplished something. During the Easter event, I hashed over 150 eggs and was rewarded with two Munchlax and four Flower Crown happening. They are some of my absolute all-time favorite Pokemon because I worked so hard to get them and had fun doing it. Yes, a fellow hatcher. <laughs> yes. Love it. That's awesome. Definitely the story behind the Pokemon. I'm sad I didn't mark the Froakie that I caught when I ran out of work to go get it. Yeah. Although I probably still have it if I went to go check it because it was the week it came out. Yeah, but were the IVs good? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, I did get a rank five Froakie not that long after it. So oh. not that Froakie is ever going to have any use. Don't, in don't say that you don't know it could. I, I have seen the numbers with Hydro Cannon. It does not bode well at all. It, okay. Well, I was told there'd be no math this episode. Okay. So you can keep those numbers. Always yourself. math. I know. I know we're talking about a video game. It's made out of numbers. Every time. <laughs> all of my favorite video games are just images over a spreadsheet of numbers <laughs> Just spreadsheet the game <laughs> yeah except for eve online i couldn't get into that but that is most that is like okay video games are like 95 game and five percent spreadsheet that game is 95 percent spreadsheet and five percent game that's why yeah yeah <laughs> the next response is from kittens and high fives there are two different things that give certain pokemon value to me the first is relevance in pvp in particular ivs I've been playing GBL since I got into Go and recently Sylph. Second is just how much I love certain Pokemon. I love Eevee so much that I have a huge problem not transferring them or the evolutions. I catch every one I see. And then again, I'm a 38-year-old man who has a different Eevee hat for every day of the week and wears Numbreon backpack. So, yeah. Rare things yeah. like Dino are nice when you get them, but I'll take an Eevee any day. Hey. You let your freak flag fly. That's awesome. I'm kind of jealous you have that many Eevee hats. I don't have one. I've got a I mean, Charmander hat. That's that's pretty awesome. I want a Gengar hat. I have like a Gengar backpack, although it's it's really just for show. You can't fit anything in it, but it's just for show. Yeah, it's like it's like a plushie, but with backpack straps. on. Oh, it. yeah. Yeah. You got to start wearing those like to when we start doing meetups and stuff. It's not practical. I thought about it once. I even like tried it on to bring it to go fest 2019 and it was just like mm -mm, no, no nothing doing no it's it's a shelf piece but you can put one bag of chips in there and call it a day exactly yeah <laughs> I, I don't even know if i could have fit my power pack in it i can put my game boy pocket in here but i can't put my switch in here yeah <laughs> that said i totally can relate to having a problem about not transferring i think i have 38 gengar in my inventory right now I can't can't do it yeah like six of them are Halloween and then however many of them are the party hat ones <laughs> and then another six are the ones that I have powered up Just, what about the ones that like new lick I, I have several I have many of those too yeah we've had a lot of different Gengar haven't we there there has been three different forms outside of like normal mm. so yeah awesome awesome next one's from Hugo and they said Hi, Chris and Kyle. 
Thank you for a great episode last week. In regards to what gives Pokemon value, I agree with Kyle, and it depends on how useful it is in the game. If it is useful, we will use it a lot in battles, and we will see it very often. If it's not useful, there is not much value, even if it is a shiny. We will not be using it anyway, so it will just be sitting in our stores doing nothing. Oh, he's calling, he's calling some people out. How very utilitarian. That's, that's, that's me right there. Yeah, just, you know, take all the emotion out of it. Yes. <laughs> okay. I can respect that. A lot of people live their life like that. Kyle does the same thing, except for Gengar. That's one exception. Yes. <laughs> but Gengar is e- useful. Very true. Uh, the next email response is from G Polyrath. Hey, Chris and Kyle, G Polyrath here. This may seem like a cheesy answer, but I like to think all Pokemon are valuable. Yes, even all those Pidgey, Rattata, Klefki, etc. <laughs> it bums me out when I hear people complain about the Trashmon with low IVs they've caught at their last raid, or that they can't stand all these commonly spawning trash Pokemon. Something that has been reinforced in many of the main series games is that a great trainer forms a special bond with Pokemon, and I hardly think those are the types of trainers who regard large swaths of Pokemon with with such disdain. So even if it just is in my own head, I like to try and be grateful for each Pokemon caught, regardless of species, rarity, or meta relevance. Thank you for everything you guys do for the show and community. We appreciate it. G Polyrath. Okay. Now I think this is a pendulum swing in the other direction. I think I'm somewhere <laughs> between these two positions about if it ain't useful, there's the bench or I caught this. Every digital creature deserves love sort of thing. I think I'm in the middle. I mean, that's fair. I I mean, I'm definitely in the category that, you know, I don't complain about, Oh my God, all these raids I did are garbage. I have not gotten caught up in garbage uh, IVs for a while. Thankfully, I've been able to let that slide, although I'm excited for good IVs still, obviously. I think the secret is to not have any expectations whatsoever. Yeah. Although yeah. that said, if you do 150 raids, I would I would have some expectations of at least getting a couple of good ones. Um. Yeah, but, you know, some people are only satisfied once they've had the hundo. And when I'm doing five star raids, I'm just like, no, I'm just here really for candy. And I hope it's OK, but I'm not like expecting a 100. Your, your ads of a hundo are like one in two sixteen, something like that. I was told there'd be no math. Kyle. You can't have Pokemon without math. <laughs> have you not looked behind the scenes? It's all numbers. That's very true. That's very true. Every skill is just a math equation with a fancy fireball on top of it. <laughs> That's also very true. But you know what else we we have? We have a voicemail response to the PokePole this week. And it's from none other than resident super player, Mitch. Hey, go past long, long time no talk. This is Cook's Gravy. I'm going to answer the PokePole, which is, I'm not sure which, which week this one is for, but it's what you think is any particular Pokemon value in Pokemon Go. Well, I'll tell you what, it's pretty much the context in which it's caught, so like location, because I will never, I will always have this fond memory of when I caught my first shiny Magikarp. Uh, I was driving through the movie theater uh, lot by me during um, low pad weather task event, that one in 2019, uh, and I got my first shiny Magikarp, and it was 69 CP. That also adds value. That, that also adds funny value. But um, I will always 
when I'm kind of – well, I haven't driven through that particular spot in a long time. But anyway, it's just the location context that is important to me and that I always remember. And I always like to keep Pokemon that are from strange locations on my drive to and from school. So, um, yeah, thanks, all. Um, uh, shiny vibes, all. Yeah, it kind of seems like people are, tie these things to experiences. Um, Absolutely. In Some ways that my... Kyle and I don't. <laughs> I mean, that's not true. Some of my favorite shinies I have specific memories of getting. The the shiny Kyogre that I use all the time was the first raid for Kyogre that I did with you downtown, and it was shiny, and it was 98%, so I never forget that's that. That's true. That did happen. I just, like, don't... I just don't, I don't remember if like, like I can scroll through and be like, yeah, this like the oldest shiny I have is a Charmander. Right. But like, Me I too. don't Me really too. remember Charmander community day all that much. How dare you? I remember it because played in the lobby of Starbucks for a little bit of it. Yeah. And, and then, then you, and to, then you went to the Arbor theater afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Which and is now like a picture from there of what all the stops looked like because I hadn't been there yet. Yeah. And that's true. And then it, and then it became like the go-to spot locally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean for sure, but I'm just saying like, the, I remember the event, but I don't remember like the specific shiny, you yeah. know, like I don't, I only nickname 100% and I usually catch those by accident. Man, so, I have, this is so sad. I have not caught a hundred percent since go Wow. Yeah, but you don't just like catch. Well, catch. I, I don't. I don't grind ridiculously, but I've still done raids. I've still hatched a ton of eggs. So <laughs> like fifty. There was like six weeks in a row that I did fifty to ninety eggs That's, a week. Fifty to ninety eggs. Yes, fifty to ninety. Wow. It was a lot of sessions of nine. That's how that works. And I and it's just like, you know, I've done I've done rockets. I've done all that kind of stuff. No. Very unlucky, but yes, obviously my sample size is not as large. Uh, well, the point I'm trying to make is, is that I'm just so surprised that people are like, yes, this one particular shiny Magikarp in Mitch's case that I caught in this one particular parking lot. Like, I just I just don't have anything <laughs> that specific, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's all I'm trying to say. But anyway, uh, we have a different question this week. This week's Pokepole is, do you think the chance of encountering a shiny Pokemon in Pokemon Go is too high, too low, or just right? Goldilocks. The Goldilocks. The Goldilocks uh-huh. zone. Mm-hmm. This is such a hard, like, question to answer because y- you never want to say it's too low because then it seems like you're being too greedy. You, 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 a you, little you, bit. Or you're being too mean. I I guess so, but there are several players that just like have bad luck and they never see shinies or, you know, their expectation of how much they have to play in order to get a shiny is misaligned. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't know. I personally like the the variation in shiny rates that we get between events and some Pokemon have per, like permanently boosted rates and when it happens in raids and stuff i think everybody everything's like at a good spot i enjoy it how it is yeah i i personally don't have any complaints or issues with shiny rates overall i've never felt bad when i've gone for anything that's not been boosted 
because you just have the expectation. It's the, the odds are low. You play the game. You you get it mm-hmm. as you play. And a lot of people who who might feel bad about bad shiny luck, which definitely happens, are also comparing themselves to other people. And you don't know if that person you see with the shiny caught 4,000 Pokemon this week or if they caught 20,000. You know, you that that that's an absurd number. That's yeah. very difficult for like 99.999% of players. But and, you know, you're comparing to your 500 or something because you, you can never really tell. So it feels a lot worse when you have that. Reversal actually made a tweet the other day, and I'm paraphrasing here. So, Gio, I'm sorry if I'm misquoting you, but it was something to the effect of uh, I actually he was responding to people that are like, oh, you always get all these different shinies and all that sort of stuff. And he made a response to that in a post that basically said, I'm not any more lucky than anybody else. And actually, if you look at the numbers, I'm kind of unlucky. I just play a lot more than you do, you know, and that's just a hard truth for a lot of people to swallow is that the volume of play required to get these shinies sometimes, especially when they're in rare circumstances, like the shiny Gibble is a good example. One of the reasons that people even care that the community day is going to change how the market around shiny gibble is is because people did go hard for it because you kind of had to yep so it's just something to consider um but anyway dear listener if you have a response to the question do you think the chance of encountering a shiny pokemon in pokemon go is too high too low or just right you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also respond to the question when it's posted on Twitter. If you're a patron, you can respond in the Pokepool channel in our Discord server. You can also leave us a voicemail at 262-586-7717. But before we do anything with you know emails or anything else, we're going to actually pass the show over to DeFi-E and Special guest this week, Camo, who has been on the show during the moderator takeover episode. There's no stranger, let's just say that, but they're going to be doing PvP corner this week, so we're going to pass it on over to them. Hey, this is DeFi250. And this is not fish on a heater. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment with its very first guest spot. We are back this week from a two-week hiatus. Thank you all so much for your understanding. The plan is for Fish to return next week, and we'll have PvP Corner as usual. But in the meantime, we have our very first guest spot with Camo McGeo8, also known as Camo. Camo, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. As DeFi said, I'm Camo. I've been doing uh, PvP since Season 2 of Sylph. Uh, I hit Legend last season in GBL, and I'm super excited to be the first guest on this segment. We are excited to have you. So let's kick it off with a little bit of Go Battle League. And in the two weeks that we were gone, it also happened to be Ultra League, which for me was just a nice, slow free fall down in my ELO rankings. <laughs> Ultra League did not treat me super kindly. I actually had you on and we titled the stream something like Go Battle League Misery is better with friends. And we did our Ultra League sense together and we both just kind of slowly dropped in ELO as we went. Well, you slowly dropped. I uh I'd had more of a steep plummet. So 
no no love lost for Ultra League being gone now. Yeah, it did not. I, I really just wanted to make Talonflame work, but I think so many, it's such a popular pick that so many people bring Talonflame counters and I just end up having a really hard time. But every time I got to destroy an Obama Snow with my Talonflame, it felt good. I will not lie. Oh, that would feel really good. But that is in the past now, as you said, and we are now in the Retro Cup, which runs Monday, May 10th to Monday, May 17th. It's one week only. And Camo, how is Retro Cup going for you? Well, better than Ultra League. It's a very middling report so far. I haven't played any sets today, but yesterday I was something like 13 and 12 or 14 and 11, like very, very middle of the road. Uh, It was a very nice change of pace from the... 0514 that Ultra League was handing me. I'm super excited that all the dark and fairy and steels are gone because uh, I get to use my XL best buddy Lickitung and it's so tanky. It's so fun. That's been the highlight of this entire time, honestly. I'm super jealous. I do not have one yet. I guess I got to start walking. It probably should be on my list of things to best buddy. But for now, I've got a Jellicent that I'm trying to make work as well as a Drifblim and Frostlass. I love my girl Frostlass, but she's so glassy, more like frost glass. Hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, and also I have a Metacham. It's not fully built out yet, but it's better than just a 100%. Metacham at level 40. So I'm slowly, it's at like level 44, level 45. I'm slowly building up my Metacham and I really like using that as well. So I'm trying to make something work, but don't forget we are reaching the end of this season. We have one week of all three leagues coming up after starting, you know, Monday, May 17th, and then we're done with ranked play. Kanto Cup is just for fun, doesn't impact yellow. So we're almost done with this season. It's bonkers. It has felt so long. I'll be completely honest. Like, the sec- once the second wave of Great League came back with the Remix Cup, it was just like, oh, this is like the halfway mark. Oh, gosh. I know. And if the seasons are going to be this long next season, I definitely... Next season is going to be my season. I'm going to try to hit Legend next season. This season, I was doing really well, and then life happened. So next, I'm going to try to focus in on next season. I think with seasons being this long, I can do it. With that though, are you ready to do a little bit of self-check-in? Absolutely. So what I want to start off talking just a little bit about today is self-factions. So what self-factions are, if you've heard it a little bit around, you know, the water cooler, the self-arena factions, it's a team-based Pokemon competition. So competitors work together there are eight members of a team. You have a, a team member that specializes in the Great League, one that specializes in the Ultra League, one that specializes in the Master League, and then four field specialists who fo- specialize in like your Sylph kind of restricted metas, as well as a team alternate. And these teams, also known as factions, compete against each other week to week uh, to try to be the best faction out there in your region. So we're divided up by regions right now. There's the North America, Europe, um, Latin America, as well as Asia Pacific. And there are a lot of really awesome teams out there. I have a team called the Queen Bees. It's a team of all women uh, from Girls That PVP. And we did not do so great in our first week. We got paired up against a team that's really experienced and really, really good, uh, the SoCal Swablus. But we're hoping to come back this next week and try to learn from 
learn from things. Do you have any questions, Camo, about Sylph factions or any comments about it? So with the specialists between each of those leagues, the great ultra master, is it is it open ultra and open master or are you like restricted to like not bring XL Pokemon in or like how's that how's that whole thing shake up? Like how much of a investment are you looking at if you're if if you're in that slot? So Great League specialists, they have open Great League, absolutely no restrictions. Your Ultra League specialist, you're building a team of six with only one legendary Pokemon and only one starter. Otherwise, there are no restrictions for your team. Those are the only two. And for the Master League specialist, uh, it's open Master League and you can only have one legendary or mythical on your team. And level 50 is a thing. So having really, you really have to invest in these Pokemon. And a lot of people who love Master League have done that. And then field specialist, you get a meta. This meta this month is called the Floating City Battlefield. The Floating City Battlefield is a meta where it restricts it down to just a handful of types. This month for the Sylpharina factions, the restricted meta is called Floating City Battlefield. It's only ground flying steel and normal types. There's some specific bands like no Gfisk, Skarmory, Altaria, Bastiodon, and Registeel. Also no Shadows, no Regionals, no Mythicals. Okay, that's a lot more balanced than I was afraid it could be. Like that's that's a pretty reasonable band list. Right. It's actually really similar to the Sunrise Cup that we had earlier in Sylph early in the season. So you're seeing a lot of like Pelipper, Talonflame, um, Wigglytuff, Probopass, Swampert, Vigoroth. Uh, so there is a core meta that develops, but it's also, it's I think it's really well balanced and um, still really interesting. There's not just one Pokemon that's kind of dominating everything. That's nice. That's a nice change. <laughs> I really like it a lot. And I'm, again, Queen Bees, hopefully will come back and have a strong week this week. We can do a quick little ranking check-in. I can safely say that with the bet that Fish and I have, I'm winning because Fish is kicking my butt. He is up to number five in Australia and right around 600 in the world. I'm about 400 places behind him. I'm at about 1,000 in the world. But Camo, I'm glad that you're not involved in our bet. What are, how is your self-ranking going? I, uh, I've had a pretty decent run this season. I'm uh, just outside of 300 in the world and just outside the top 100 in the U.S., I, I've really enjoyed the metas this season. Uh, I, I really got into it last season, and I don't know. I just kind of got hooked on on doing these kinds of the pick six, bring three meta like, format. Like, it's really interesting, and I, I really enjoy it. Same. So speaking of Sylph and bring six, pick three, are you ready to talk about, in our deep dive for the week, the Commander Cup, Sylph's monthly meta? Absolutely. Let's do it. So the Commander Cup is a really unique meta format that they've been trying to spice things up with throughout the year. Uh, this one is you choose your commander from a list of the 10 Pokemon of Polyrath, Noctowl, Steelix, Shiftry, Empoleon, Bronzong, Munchlax, Escavalier, Jellicent, and Alolan Marowak. So that's your commander, and then you pick five other Pokemon to round out your team of six. And I think that's a really interesting format because like you get to pick like a favorite Pokemon and then go from there, like protecting it and building it out to make a strong team that, you know, protects your master and commander. Yeah. It's like having a team captain and then you got all your support kind of rallying around it. 
Those support Pokemon, though, the only types that are allowed are Rock, Ice, Poison, Electric, and Psychic. There are a lot of bands. For example, Steel is just banned. So unless it's your commander, unless like you've got a Scavalier as your commander or Empoleon as your commander, no Steel. No Megas, Legendaries, Mythicals, or Shadows. And there are some type spe- um, species-specific bands in Abomasnow, Galvantula, Stunfisk, Metacham, Wobbuffet, Pachirisu, and Drapion. Those three bands surprised me, but they are not permitted in the Commander Cup either. I don't know why you're laughing. An XL Wobbuffet is terrifying. It does not die. There were a lot of those that got brought into the GBL Remix Cup, and that thing, it just stood there. Even if you had, like, a ghost-type Pokemon, this is a very good ban. (laughs) It's just silly to see it on the list for me still sometimes. I mean, banning the Thunder Squirrel really got me. Like, <laughs> I love it. It's adorable. I love Pachirisu. But Camo, when you are looking at this meta and you're trying to dissect it, trying to figure it out, what really stands out to you? I don't know. The biggest thing, I really like Alolan Marowak and Shiftry. Those those two Pokemon along with Ferrothorn were actually my uh, GBL core trio. It's the Caleb Pang 2.0 line. But I really liked how the two of them paired together. So I'm not thrilled that I can only pick one or the other. But of those two, I'd probably lean towards Shiftry because it just generates energy so quickly. And that's something I really look for in Pokemon is something that can really apply a lot of shield pressure, especially when it's got its own shields to hide behind or another Pokemon to hide behind. So Shiftry super glassy, but something like Hypno that's a super thick version especially since no shadows are allowed regular hypno is going to be a tank of a pokemon to take down so pairing those two pokemon together would make a lot of sense for me but i don't know what moose that i would want to put on the hypno and that would probably come down to the other four pokemon that i put together with it well i think part of knowing what you're going to build for a team is knowing what other people are doing. So let's take a look at some of the top picks of the Commander Cup. If you take a look at self.gg slash cup slash commander and you go into the cup stats, you can see 45% of people are bringing a Hypno and 42% are bringing a Lolan Muck. So I would suggest to all of you out there to either bring those Pokemon or be heavily prepared for them. Some other really popular picks are Toxicroak, Alolan Ninetales, Lantern, and Frostlass. The two most popular commanders so far are Munchlax and Alolan Marowak. You've also got Escavalier and Jellicent being really popular picks. That's what Sylph says. What does PV Poke say, though? Because looking over here, I see things like Snowy Cast Form is one of the top performing Pokemon in the meta uh, with critical or crucial wins over things like Munchlax and Alolan Marowak and Alolan Ninetales and Shiftry. Like, that seems like a pretty potent pick. It does lose to Hypno, Toxicroak, Jellicent, and Escavalier, which I think rounds out all the Pokemon that we just mentioned. So, I mean, depending on what you pair it with, that seems like a pretty reasonable, extra bulky little Pokemon there too. Yeah, bulk plus spam does so well in PvP. My my favorite things. Yes. Some other kind of more interesting picks that I found on here, Cradilly 
is a nice pick. It beats Munchlax, the most popular commander. Also will beat a Jellicent, Alolan, Marowak, and Raichu. It does lose, again, to Hypno and to Scavalier, but again, it can be really fun. Bullet Seed is a great fast move compared with Stone Edge and Grass Knot. There's also Roserade getting some love down in the Great League. It uh, has... It's a recent Community Day pick. It's got two legacy moves with Bullet Seed and fi- Weatherball Fire, but it can do so much work. Escavalier does not want to see Weatherball Fire. It is, it just melts. Just dead. <laughs> dead bug. And then with the uh, the recent addition, uh, what was it, two or three weeks ago, uh, they gave Rose Raid Leaf Storm, and that thing is terrifyingly potent as well. Like, against a Jellicent, it does 119% of a Jellicent's health. So it so, takes out the Jellicent and also some of its relatives. So, yeah, Leaf Storm taking out a Jellicent and a little bit means that there's a lot of pressure to shield against that. So with how quickly it gets to charge moves with Bullet Seed, like, that's, that is a solid pick right there. So what are you looking at for when you're building your team for Commander Cup? So I'm actually not great at team building. Uh, my my methodology is typically go and look through the top 25 or 50 people on uh, the Sylph leaderboard and see if they've completed a tournament and if it's a team that I'm interested in trying to duplicate or or cherry pick some parts from so um not super great at team building but i am i enjoy figuring out how i think a team would work together so if i see a team like oh i've got these six pokemon built i know how three or four of them interact based on how i've done in gbl with them before that might be a team that i would pull together and then kind of estimating okay with with this i would want to make sure i have better coverage with this moveset which may or may not be what the original creator used but it kind of puts my own spin on it so it's not quite plagiarism it's just kind of close (laughs) you just you changed a couple of the uh, ands and the thes and (laughs) added trying to think what else changed a couple ands change a couple thes use a thesaurus on it it's kind of yours you make it work. Yeah. I actually really like that um, tip to look at the top 25 people in Sylph. I usually just kind of troll what's on YouTube and Twitch. But I'm going to use that strategy in the future because I'm not the best at building a team from scratch either. I like looking, you know, let somebody else figure it out first. And then I'll figure it out from there. Oh, for sure. Like uh, we did a, a practice prismatic cup and you and I actually got paired up together. And uh, the team that I was using was the... Uh, the one that Ali Lucky had just hit a 7-0 tournament sweep with. And I was like, you know, I like Alolan Muck. I like Shiftry. Let's let's give that a whirl. I just, uh, I didn't really like facing Talonflame with the Ferrothorn that that team had. And if I swapped the Ferrothorn out for something, it left me really weak to a lot of other things. So I had to kind of tweak what I did and end up going with something completely different. But it, it gave me kind of a, a good foundation to practice off of. So... That's the other part is if you if you borrow a team or take ideas from a team, practicing with it to make sure you get a feel for how the team works together and if it fits your play style is super important. 
it's not necessarily just having the Pokemon. It's knowing how they work. Like, it's not just having the tools. It's knowing how to use the tools. With that, I think that gives us a really good start on the Commander Cup. We'll definitely be revisiting it a little bit next week as well. Camel, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest for me, our first guest for PvP Corner. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. I I had a lot of fun. Everybody out there, we love having your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fish on a Heater or myself or even for Camo, you can direct your feedback to mail at gocastpodcast.com or you can hit all of us up on Twitter. And with that, let's kick it back to Chris and Kyle. Well, thanks, DeFi and Camo. Great job. Good to see some other some other new blood uh, doing some recording. It's fun. Very, very fun. But uh, let's kind of get into the end of the show here with our last big section. And it goes to the tune of emails. And we already did the voicemail. It wasn't the poke poll. Our first email here is from Drew. Hi, Chris and Kyle. I recently had a case of clumsy thumbs. And while trying to transfer a Nidorino, I accidentally added a second attack. 50,000 stardust down the drain. It got me wondering if you guys had any stories where you accidentally clicked the wrong button in Pokemon Go. Oh, geez. I've got a few examples. Perhaps the most painful was that I was first started playing the game. I was trying to check the IVs for my best Tyranitar and somehow accidentally transferred it. Oh, Drew, oh no. It just about made me sick to my stomach. Or that time when I accidentally put a two-kilometer egg in a super incubator. Can you imagine how uh, dumb I felt? Yes, uh, I can accurately imagine how you felt because I do that on purpose all the time. Anyway, looking forward to hearing any stories you have and may the shinies be with you. From Drew2. All right, Kyle, you started laughing. What have you fat-fingered? I have only ever done it once thankfully it was during mammal swine well during swine up community day we'd all sat down to like go through a bunch of stuff and i was going to evolve it and i taught it a second move i still have it it's still a good mammal swine it's powered up to like level 38 or something i don't know nice so it's a constant reminder every time it gets picked in a raid battle against the Rayquaza, it's like, <laughs> hey, look at this mess up. Way to go. Way to go. Dummy. <laughs> that said, I remember one of yours. Is it the GoFest story? One at GoFest. And you didn't get to keep that one. You were transferring it, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was. I was transferring. <laughs> it actually happened twice back to back. There was a point in time at the end of GoFest where like I, I was done and everybody else was like, I'm going to go do a couple of laps of stuff. And by the time they came back and I was like, I made a big oopsie. I actually <laughs> gave I fat fingered two Pokemon that were at 75K for new moves. But I was trying to transfer them and I wasted 150,000 Stardust <laughs> in like 90 seconds. <laughs> And then I transferred them because I was so mad and I didn't want to keep them. They were like, you know, the IVs were like one, four, six or something <laughs> stupid like that. And so I was like, I'm not keeping you. Get out of here and take your Stardust with you. <laughs> you got you got held up for Stardust at Pokeball point. Yeah, I was really upset. I remember <laughs> you coming back. I was like, dude, you won't believe what I just did. I wasted like so much. So much Stardust. Uh... Man, I was strapped for Stardust at the time. That was before Kyle and I started, you know, setting goals of like having millions of Stardust and stuff like that. That was back in the day. It was it was before 500 Raid to Summer where you amassed your first stockpile. Very, very true. Very, very true. 
<laughs> anyway, thank you for the email, Drew, too. Appreciate it. Next email is from Bo, and they said, hey, guys, I wanted to tell you the story. It was Friday morning around 9 a.m., I think, and I opened the Pogo app. The Merrill event started. I immediately thought, how convenient. Sunday is Mother's Day, so I, don't, I won't be able to play a lot. I started catching the Merrill, and in the meanwhile, I checked my local Discord group. Then I read the shiny odds were lower than they should be. I didn't mind. I just wanted the hundo because I already have the shiny family complete. An hour or so later, I finished the event, and alas, no hundo. And no shiny, by the way. Shortly after I finished, Niantic terminated the event. Two days later, Mother's Day, every single moment available, I emptied my stack. I had no wild spawns in the map and moved on in the event. Shinies were flying in, but alas, once again, no hundo. And then I encountered Meryl number 34. There it was, shiny and a whopping CP of 197. My jaws fell open. That's the shundo. I couldn't believe it. I threw a normal Pokeball like I always do with my shinies and shake, 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 caught it. I praised it and it was 15, 15, 14. <laughs> it was the mocking Meryl shundo. I finished the event and no hundo was caught. Oh, anyways, love hearing you guys and keep it up. Belgian greetings, Bo. That's tragic. That is the definition of tragedy. (laughs) Also, how dare you throw a regular Pokeball at a shiny? People do it all the time. I under no circumstances. No circumstances. Uh, You know, minimum ultra ball. And I sometimes will use the raspberry depending but uh, yeah i feel like you're flirting with danger in that case and i wouldn't recommend it (laughs) that's wild but yeah sorry to sorry to hear about your 98 percent. but a 98 percent shiny still breaks the rules of shinies they're supposed to be terrible ivs that's just that's just the law of the land we don't make the rules true (laughs) and this last email as always is from mitch Uh, i said as always but last week we didn't get an email from you mitch so what's going on What's going on? You okay? Hope so. Mitch wrote, hello, Chris and Kyle. I am done with finals today. I am mega drained from writing all these papers. <laughs> the Pokemon move, get it. But now it's time for a great summer of Pokemon Go. Up for 500 raids of summer, Chris. I'll join you in this challenge. Oh, I don't know. We'll have to powwow, Mitch, maybe. <laughs> I've been outside of Go. I've been busy outside of Go, so I haven't had a ton of time to grind. It's nice to not feel a ton of pressure to play because... Luminous Legends X is two weeks long. These spawns are awesome. I'm at 11 Gumi right now. I also hatched a shiny Azeril yesterday. I also have a rank 24 Meryl now for PvP. Time to sell my soul to the devil and run Azu next season. Maybe. (laughs) I'm also excited to reevaluate my stream schedule for this summer. Longer, more frequent, and shinier streams coming your way. Excited to see you guys soon. Snitch hype? Yes. Swablu community. It's going to be off the chain. Old goals, two weeks old. At least one shiny weather genie. Nope. One million experience, 16 million total. Well, yes. <laughs> he had an extra week. Good. Awesome. And a longer term one, save Stardust until GoFest. Do not spend any until July 17th. Yes. So far. I'm going to modify this and say that I can't dip under one million. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. That's uh-huh. Uh-huh. New goals. 30 shiny Swablu, 118 million experience, 1 million from now, and save dust until GoFest. Thanks, Chris and Kyle. Shiny vibes all. Cooks gravy, Mitch, Harry, streamer supreme, resident super player. I think I got them all. I did it. Yep. 
<laughs> Thank you, Mitch, for writing in as always. Appreciate it. And yes, looking forward to Swab Blue Community Day as well. All right, Mr. Kyle, that's uh, that's bringing us to the end here. So if you, dear listener, would like to send us an email just like these fine folks did, you can send it over to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You also have the option of leaving us a voicemail. Just call into 262-586-7717 and leave it there. We'll play it on the show. Visit our website at gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at gocastpodcast. If you'd like to help support the show monetarily and get access to our patron Discord server, you can do so starting at $1 a month at the minimum tier over at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash gocastpodcast. And speaking of Patreon, Shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons, Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zekwalker, Andrew, Chad, Robert, Laurie, Swartz, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Jabril, and Tish. Thank you so very, very much for your stupendous support in helping us keep the digital lights on. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. We got one new review this week as well from Lil Kobe 320 And the title of the review was very helpful. And it reads, this is a show that helped with every aspect of Pokemon Go, PvP, raids, you name it. They can help and guide you. Great cast. Well, thanks for the great review. Appreciate it. All right. And that that's actually the end of the show there, Kyle. We just got to set some goals and then we can meander out of here slowly, quickly, however you feel like leaving, I suppose. Yep. So what are you thinking about doing? And please remember that this does include Swablu Community Day. <sighs> All right. 18 shiny swablu for me because uh, 18 yeah it's a saturday is gonna be a mystery all things considered i'm getting my second vaccine on thursday so who knows how i'm gonna be feeling on saturday getting your 5g yes i am nice should uh hopefully won't affect my pokemon go but you never know and it's gonna be you know a good time hanging out in the woodstock area with chris and the company so yeah, it'll be fine for that. I also want to hit level 43 by the time we record next. So I'm hoping wow. to have a good chance to play because of community day. Okay. That's like 700,000 experience. I've got like an ultra friend as well. So it's more like 600,000. So here's hoping for that. Okay. I'm going to keep doing more. Go battle league. How many? 25. 25? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a full day of sets. You can do that all in one day if you really wanted to. Take like two and a half hours. It doesn't take that long. Yes, so- it does. Oh, you're fine. You can do it. When I was on Fisher's stream, it took mm. 90 minutes to do three sets. <laughs> Ooh, oof, Approximately. Duh. Oh, boy. <laughs> Maybe four sets. Yeah, but that was also with somebody being like, hey, you should do this. <laughs> Technically, yes. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. All right. Understood. Understood. All right. So 18 shiny Swablu, level 43, and 25 GPL matches. Yep. All right. Sounds good. I want to get 31 shiny Swablu. That's coming for you, Mitch. I am. One million experience. I've got a best friend tomorrow. Oh, actually, that's Mitch. <laughs> Mitch and I turned best friends tomorrow. Oh, dang. You beat me by mm-hmm. like six days. 5.8 million stardust. So I have to get 300,000 this week. And I'd like to hatch 50 plus eggs um, by the next time that we record. 
So there we go. Okay. There we go. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody, all the way through episode 144 up until the end. And we'll catch you next week for episode 145. Toodaloo. Bye.